We've been talking just um, just started last week in, in Psalm 27. It's a, it's a fantastic psalm. Psalms have different sort of genres or different um, purposes. Uh, but this Psalm 27 is, is sort of a dual purpose. It has this lamentation by David. Uh, you know, it, it's a place of kind of grief. Well, more than a place of grief, it's actual grief that he's going through. David uh, was chased down by Saul, who was trying to kill him um, and his armies, and he's hiding out in caves and different places. And, and, and this psalm is one which expresses a place that David found himself in both a place of grief, this lamentation, and then this place out of that, this, this pivot to a place of, of confidence and declaration and joy. And we're going to walk through that this morning. If you've got your Bibles, you can follow with us. I'm actually reading out a New King James Version this morning. And we're reading out of Psalm 27, verses 7 to 13. Let's just pray first. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence of your Holy Spirit here right now. God, we ask that together those two things will give us revelation. Pray that every person seated here today will have a fresh or new revelation of their relationship to you and where they can go from that, how you can take them. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Read along with me. Um, The word's up there. All right, so. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witness, witnesses have risen against me, and such has breathed out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What a, what a whole transition right there in this section of, of, of Scripture. And as I said before, you know, he's, he's at a place of grief. Who knows that um, our life is just um, really, uh, sometimes I think I'm, I'm bipolar. I don't think, I'm not making fun of that condition. I know it's a real condition. But that, that particular condition, we can go from extreme grief to extreme joy. And, and it's a real condition. Right? They don't know exactly what brings it on. But, but I, I know that our lives generally can travel. I mean, the, the timings between the two can vary. But I know that in my life, this is, uh, this is the journey of life. You know, there was a time when I, uh, you know, first got saved or even when we're young. You know, when you're young, you don't really know about bad stuff. You just have fun every day. You wake up every morning. I love when the kids come into this church. They're just running around, having a ball. Life can be like that when we're young, can't it? And, and there is nothing bad. But then later in life, we learn that there's... There's these divots, and then there's these mountaintop experiences. 
And um, as a Christian, that, that, that is actually um, embellished. That is actually even louder. Let me say that the, the valleys can be even deeper and the mountains can be even higher. You know, we, we, we're travelling through a journey right now. Pastor Dan shared it last week that uh, my wife Wendy's just um, been um, diagnosed with a return of a cancer. Just before that, we were, we're on top of the moon. We're on top of the moon where this, this thing's gone and we're, we're, we're high-fiving and we're cheering. And it's absolute joy. And then this can come upon us. But, you know, that's, that's the reality of life. This, 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 every one of us here lives in the same playing field. We plan the same playing field. Things happen suddenly. God of the suddenly. You know, I have this thing and we have this saying, you cannot pick the balls that are bowled at you, but you can choose how you, choose, how you play them. I can't tell the bowler how to bowl the balls, but I choose how to play them. And what we can get out of this word this morning is like David. How are we going to play the ball that's bowled? Ones that are calm would bring grief. Ones that bring you to a place, a depth, and a position where you're going to call out to God or you're going to, you know, you're going to fold under your own strength. You're going to call on his strength. You know, we can really relate to this journey. I mean, David, and we see it in Paul. I love how God uses real people in the, in the Bible. They're not like superheroes. They're just... Regular norms like us, you know, they fumble along, they're full of failure, mistakes, but the common thread in each of them is exactly that. How did they react in that place? Did they call on their father? Did they come into a relationship with their father or did they not? You know, this uh, series is titled The Author of Our Faith. But I love uh, the two-part thing which says author and finisher of our faith. Let me say we draw a confidence to this. You know, in Hebrews uh, 12, 2, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, lay, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking under Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, I love that author and finisher. You know, I don't know about you, but there's a whole bunch of half-finished handyman jobs around my house. Um, Two reasons. (laughs) One is... I'm no handyman. I've made that declaration before. I don't actually want to be a handyman. I think handyman are boring people and uh, they're not funny. Um, and that's, that's, I just don't want to be one. But I'm also a little bit distracted. I'll start some, Johnny, you're pretty handy, but don't take that personally, okay? Um, I'm a little bit distracted and I start a job and I don't finish it. Anyone can relate to that? Thank you, honest people. Well, the choleric people, you just finish your jobs. You're probably a Boy Scout too, weren't you? But, um, yeah, so what's I talking about? <laughs> Author and finisher. Finishing. 
Uh, did you want me to finish? I'll, I'll wrap it up. <laughs> Close in prayer. That's pretty good, wasn't it? Cut one loose ends, but don't worry about that. Author and finisher. Yeah, but everybody's looking for finishers. In sport, in business, salesmen who can close business, they're finishers. Soccer, people can score goals, they're finishers. I happen to be one of them. (laughs) Used to. But Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. Isn't that interesting? He's penning the story of your life. And it says he's the finisher. So he's going to help us finish it. He's going to help us finish the story of your life. And I don't reckon he writes a dud story. I reckon he writes a champion story. I reckon he knows it and it says he went before us. But for the joy set before him, he took it on and he finished. As he hung on the cross, he said it's finished. What did he mean by that? He meant that our story is also finished if we choose to take hold of it. Our story is also finished. He can write it. He wrote it. He wrote the completion of our stories. So how do we connect with this? You know, he is the author. I, I, you know, just talking about the journey, you know, like life is, you know, the, the, these waves of, of joy and grief, they really come hard, don't they? But let me tell you, there's different times when life goes really quick. Things change really quickly. Who knows that um, any of the boating people here, when you're going out of the river, if the tide's running out, how the waves stand up a lot bigger. And the faster the tide towards the low tide, (laughs) the higher the waves, but also the closer together they are. They bank up. The waves are coming in. They bank up as the outgoing tide hits them. It's a pretty dangerous place, hey, Chris? You told me about Kath. Um, Or you getting scared. Kath was okay going out over the bar. <laughs> but it's just like life. Things can come quickly. Things can come quickly upon you. We, we, we've had a saying in our family for years, have the answer ready when the question comes. I say that to you as all because life can change quickly here. Things can change. So what I want you to do out of this today, I want to give you some keys to going to know your Heavenly Father. The very, um, the very confidence uh, of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross was that he knew his father. He, he had a moment of fear. Father, don't leave or forsake me. But then in the end, he committed his life to his father. He trusted his father. The only way we're going to get through this journey of life is that you come into a personal relationship with your heavenly father through Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation. But the more we know that, the more confident we are, the better we're going to handle these problems. You know, he has a blueprint for us. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He knows the beginning from the end. That part's really weird, eh? He kind of knows the end already. Anyway, don't go there. <laughs> I just don't know how to explain it, so it's, it's really weird. Um, so how can we cope in this broken and sin-filled world? We often, Wen and I, often come to this place. We don't know the answers. We don't know why certain things happen. But we do know this, that we live in a fallen world. It was broken back in you know, the time of the Garden of Eden. It's on its way to being redeemed. 
And we live in this broken world. We're on this journey. Our lives, we're all broken people on the bus together, aren't we? We are. We're just on the broken people. But in the midst of that, how do we not just survive? How do we turn this journey into one of joy? One of absolute joy. And let me tell you, we can. We, we experience uh, joy uh, in, the, in the midst of the darkest times. We're able to experience this joy. Something that happens inside you, which can't happen from the world. Nothing in the world can give you that. But this God, our Father. You know, we all view our relationship with our Heavenly Father, unfortunately, based on our relationship with our earthly fathers. It's just a natural human thing. So when we talk about our Heavenly Father, a lot of us are looking through glasses shaped by our earthly fathers. Some of that's good. A lot of it isn't. Your father was just someone on his journey doing what he could do. But we look at it like that. So what we want to do, we want to shift our thinking and and how do we do that? In this uh, passage, in verse 7, it talks about some FaceTime. It says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. You know, I love the NLT. It says, My heart has heard you say. You see, this is the key whether it's right now in this service or whether you're travelling through the week or other times, something will trigger, there'll be a voice trigger to you. Come. Come. Seek my face. Come. You could be in the darkest moments. You could be in, you know, you've dropped the ball, you've fallen off the wagon. You, but, but in that moment, there's a still small voice that says, Come. Come, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. Come and talk with me. This father wants time to talk. He just wants time to talk with you and me. Who knows, I can remember as a young lad, um, I'd do everything to avoid my father. I didn't want to talk to him. Mainly I was a bit stoned and I didn't want him to pick it up. You know, when you're trying to pretend you're not. (laughs) And he knows you know. (laughs) And we can be like that with our Heavenly Father. We can avoid talk time. He might call us. You know, the beauty of this, it talks about face to face. He wants face to face. Who knows how good is FaceTime as an, as an app? But you can just have FaceTime on audio and it's not as good, is it, as when you've got video. FaceTime with your Heavenly Father. Oh, wow. Some of us avoid that. And this is why we avoid it, because we just feel ashamed. We don't think God, our Father, loves us. We think he's mad with us. We think he's disappointed. You know, that's why I didn't want to talk face-to-face with my dad. I always felt he'd be disappointed with me. And so I couldn't really be open with him. Couldn't sit and talk face-to-face. But here, David in the cave... He's saying, I heard, my heart heard you call me and to come and speak face to face. Wow. You know, when you talk to someone face to face, you get, you get there what they mean. Yeah. 
You know, um, you might be sitting there saying, how do you be face to face with God? You know, no one's seen God. Let me tell you in the spirit, we're talking about in the spirit here. We can. We can. You know, in the spirit. And this is, you know, there's a, there's a physical dimension and the spiritual dimension. Let me say that God uses the physical descriptions because we can relate to that to understand the spiritual. He talks about the eyes of our heart. Our eyes don't have heart. Our heart doesn't have eyes. But it's in our heart. It's in our spirit that we see. We see beyond this and we see what it is he means. And more, what is his intention? That's the thing we'll discover in the spirit is the intention of God's word. Not just the superficial level of his word, but what is he meaning? And you know when you can talk to someone, if you just hear it, you can misinterpret it. But when you're sitting face to face, you understand the meaning. You understand the, the passion behind what they're saying. The, the sincerity. The, deep, the depth of it. And that's what he's saying, come into this place. You know, the eyes of my heart. In Ephesians 1, 17 to 18, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and that the eyes of your understanding or the eyes of your heart being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So he says, that, let, let, let's talk. Let us talk. And, and as I'm your father and I talk to you, your, the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Wow. That's what you meant. That's what your word means. When they've been saying, God loves me, that's... You, you, yeah, you, you love me. Not that you want to leave me there, you want to take me somewhere. And that's in the hope that, you, that I might know what is the hope of my calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You know, dear, yeah, I've said that bit. Um, can, you lock him in, can you look him in the eye? Can you look your heavenly father in the eye? Can you look him face to face? Some of us can't. There's times, the days, I can't. I just, I lose it. You know, we lose focus. When we're not looking at something, we just forget. We just forget. I love this song. There was a chorus when I was a little boy. I used to sing choruses. That's how old I am. But it says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. See, that's what comes when we lock eyes with Jesus. Is, is, is we're looking full in the face. And it says his wonderful face. It's not his cranky face. It's not his hangry face. <laughs> it's his wonderful face. Full of wonder, full of dream, full of hope, full of vision, full of potential, full of mercy, of love, of kindness, of forgiveness. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. 
This is what happens. This is the thing. So here's David in the cave, and he's freaking out. He's, 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 Lord, I've got these guys chasing me with arrows and bows and sticks. And then he starts to look in the eyes of his saviour. And the things, the arrows, the sicknesses, the beatings, the tax debt, the depression, the anxiety, starts to grow strangely dim. It's in the light of his glory. The glory of the Lord shines. If we choose to look at it, the glory of the Lord and his grace. This whole thing is carried by the grace of God. I began speaking this moment about the ledger. The ledger is carried by the grace of God. We don't understand it. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. It's just this gift. We can pick it up off the table or we can leave it on the table. That's the choice. That's where we're standing right now. I'm walking funny patterns today. <laughs> I'm getting lost. It's not very, it's not very far, but I got lost. You know, um, the trick is knowing uh, who your father is. I'm not saying it. <laughs> Holy Spirit said, "Don't say that." It says in verse ten, "When my father and my mother forsake me." then the Lord will take care of me. You know, as I said before, we shape our view of our father based on our, our earthly father, with positive or negative. But, you know, in Romans 8, 13 to 17, it says this, For if you live according to the flesh, you, you will die. But if by the Spirit, that's walking in this Spirit, this, this open the eyes of my heart Spirit, if we walk by that, we'll put to death the deeds of the body and we will live. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, that is when he talks to me as a father, to my spirit, and I'm led by that, I, I, I hear his instructions because that's what will happen out of this face-to-face. -face. He's going to let you know what to do and what not to do. It might not be obvious exactly written down or an audible voice, but when you're led by the Spirit, you're going to know. You're going to have this comfort factor in your spirit. This is the way to go. This is how to deal with this. This is how I'm going to handle with this. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, uh, 10, 2, it says, Take every thought captive and line it up against the word of God. That's what we do. We come into face. We have these other thoughts coming in. Do this. No, come here. No, do that. But we go, boom, Father, what do we do? How does he speak to us? Through the word, through prayer. Through worship, that's how he speaks to us. That's our Father. So a thought comes in, go there, go and do this. Whoa, Lord, what do I do here? No. I remember going to my dad. My stories about dad aren't all bad. Uh, there was a time when I could talk to my dad many times. But he was really wise. I remember when I was, oh, it's a while ago now, but I lost all my money. <laughs> well done. I'm not... <laughs> And I come to my dad. He's so gracious. Oh, there was another time he was real gracious. Got caught for pinching bikes at school. <laughs> I didn't pinch him, I just borrowed it to go somewhere. <laughs> I got it suspended or whatever. 
whatever. <laughs> but he was so gracious. My dad said, oh, well, you learn not to do that again, won't you? <laughs> well, it was partially right. <laughs> when we come to our Father, when we come face to face with our Father, things of this earth grow strangely dim. And wisdom comes, direction comes, confidence comes, hope in his glory comes. That's what when we get in front of the Father. But I'll go on with that verse because I forgot to finish it. And it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption who we cry out, Abba, Father. And I know we interpret that Daddy, Father, but mm, it's a little bit downputting. It's He's our Father. He's our close Father. He's our loving Father. He's not a far-off Father. He's right here, right now, Father. He's not distant. He's not leaving us empty. And then it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Hey, I'm in the family. And not only that, I'm not just in the family. I'm not like Steve Martin in The Jerk. Remember? I'm not just in the family. He says, But but I'm an heir of God. And join heirs with Christ. That's a, whoa, is that like we cleared the ledger, I get that. But you're telling me I'm actually an heir? There's an inheritance? I'm part of a will? Yes, a joint heir. So you think Dan's really holy? But you're a joint heir (laughs) with him. This is is mind-blowing. And join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, And we may also be glorified together. See, we do suffer. We go through journeys. Jesus uh, bled tears, bled sweated blood in the garden. You've got to be going through something pretty harsh to sweat blood. Anyone sweat blood here? I have never done that. I bled a lot. We go through some suffering, guys. I'd like to be up here just saying it's all pretty. It's all white picket fence. Happy days. Prosperity doctrine 101. But let me tell you it's not. Unless you get a preparation like this, unless you get in the relationship like this with your heavenly father, then it's going to be tough. It's going to wipe you out. Remember when we lost our son? Everybody said your marriage won't last. No marriages last when you lose a child. They didn't know the Heavenly Father. This is real. This isn't a pretty... I'd like to just tell you a pretty story on a Sunday morning. This is harsh. And this is real. And I'm, I'm, I'm both excited and fearful for you. Because you stand at a crossroad and you have the same choices we have. That when this comes, just like David had in the cave, you you can look at your grief and you will. And it will come upon you and it will almost overwhelm you. But if you know your father, if you can talk to him face to face, if you can get into that place with your father then you will survive. You will more than survive. You will override this. You will have exceedingly abundant joy in your world. And that's the deal. 
And, and you might be cruising right now. This might be just a pattern to you coming on a Sunday. And, and things might be good. But tell, I tell you, I tell you, there will come a time. I'm not trying to prophesy doom on you. But we want you, we pray that you will be prepared. And that can start today. We'll just finish here. If I can have the magician up. My little bald friend. There's a hair-challenged friend. There's a few of you there. You can pray for you later. i got to get him because he gets me all the time. But the last, just pick up the last verses 11 to 13 if I can have them on the screen because this is the deal. This is the outcome of the interaction with David and God in the cave. He says this, teach me how to live, O Lord. I'm face to face. God, tell me how to, where, where to go here. What can I do? Lead me along the right path because there's so many paths. For my enemies are waiting for me. God has the wisdom and the foresight to be able to guide you around the enemy camps, through other enemies. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. And that's a word for those who are going through the darkest times right now that you find this relationship even today, that he will bring you goodness. You will see goodness of the Lord in this land of the living. It's not something that we will see in the end day. You'll see it now. And testify that you will see the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. And it will cause you to rise up above everything else. That things that this world can offer, programs and counselling and this diet and that thing, but nothing will be like the joy of the Lord when you stand there, when you stand there and you sing, when you stand there and you praise your living God, your real God. This is for all of us, every one of us, no matter how long you've been a Christian. You have to keep coming back face to face with your Heavenly Father. You have to keep coming back and getting fresh revelation that He has died for you, that He has saved you, that He has called you by name, that you are destined for heaven with Him and that He has joy for you right now, right here, right today.